and welcome to the Goldenrod Podcast. I'm Ben, as always, I'm joined by fellow Pokemon enthusiast Connor to bring you some of the latest and greatest Pokemon news and a few laughs along the way. This week, we're discussing our wishes for Pokemon Presents, our love for a recent trailer to celebrate Japan's first Pokemon World Championship, McDonald's bringing back Pokemon cards for 2023, and in our Devil's Advocate section, we'll be arguing whether Scarlet and Violet should have a sequel. As always, you can jump to a topic using the timestamp in the description below. And I just want to say thank you to everyone that's joining us because we did miss miss last week, which is a first. Like we've been doing this for how long? Over a year? Year and a couple this of months. This is our sixtieth episode. Yeah, and we've only missed the one. I think we've done pretty well. I'd and agree. and it's only because of illness on both our parts and then me jet setting off to Disneyland Paris just meant that we just ran out of time to pull together an episode and we thought it's probably best that we miss one rather than pull together something that doesn't live up to the quality that we that we like yeah that's the idea that is the idea but we're both back we're both fit we're both you know kicking butts whatever you oh, want you think i'm <laughs> fit <laughs> beautiful uh, i've always said you're beautiful <laughs> thank you go thank back you. someone do it someone do a snip and just cut them all together um <laughs> should we jump, should we jump into the first topic this week where mcdonald's are bringing back pokemon cards for 2023 which isn't a surprise it was going to happen mcdonald's and pokemon cards are just a staple at this point we do it at least once a year but uh, as early as well it's already happening over in germany and uh, austria but over in the uk we will be getting them from august uh, the, uh i've got august 23 but because of the article i don't know if that's the 23rd of august or shorthand in august i, I, I think that's august this year yeah, I think I I think that's right. Uh, so we haven't got the the actual date yet. Uh, the set is to feature fifteen reprints from Scarlet and Violet's base set. There'll be six hollows to collect. Uh, as usual, each pack has four cards, including one hollow. But before we started recording this, you you pointed out a really good thing about this, didn't you, Connie? Yeah, I mean we we've discussed McDonald's cards on this podcast before, and. You know, I think we kicked off because everybody was trying to go down and basically buying out the entire store of all the cards so none of the kids could actually have them. And we thought that was horrible. I don't think that's going to happen this time because these cards just aren't... They're not that valuable because they're all available in the base set of Scarlet and Violet. Sure, there's going to be a couple of new hollows, but their rarity and their value is not going to be that high that scalpers need to go out and buy them all. Um, don't be wrong, there will still be some speculators who want just all of it because they think they can sell it for stupid prices, and some people will be uneducated and think, yes, okay, let's go out and buy these now. But this is not going to be the same as the 25th anniversary set, so hopefully, fingers crossed, everybody should be able to get them if they want them. Yeah, he's hoping. I think I think it, they've made the right choice here instead of coming up with a new set of cards that suddenly everyone rushes out to get. They've they've just bitten the bullet and gone, yeah, chances are children will still enjoy this. I, I think I think they'll take a hit on sales, but I think it's the right thing to do. And I don't think I can't imagine they will take that much of a hit on sales because McDonald's is just this massive corporation. Children love their happy meals, and especially when you've got Pokemon cards included in them. And I know I'll be going out and probably collecting them because I'm that's just what I do whenever there's McDonald's and Pokemon cards for whatever reason it unlocks this inner inner child and I just have to have them. Not sponsored, by the way. 
just no. throwing that out there. <laughs> not yet, not yet. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to the next topic. Uh, the Your Name anime trailer. So this, um, so your, this is a really weird title. Your Name is the anime studio, and they've released a short, very short one-minute video to celebrate Japan's first Pokemon World Championship. It's called Challenge to the World, and this trailer is beautiful absolutely gorgeous and it shows off a variety of locations and pokemon uh around uh i'm gonna butcher this as i always do yokohama yokohama yep yokohama yokohama um as part of their first world championships before which was news to me that japan has never hosted a pokemon world championships that it's 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 always been in the u.s blows my mind that does what do you know why that is 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 that just because there's more competitors in the u.s um u.s is a it's it's a wider capture area if you think all of north america all of south america is bigger than japan asia europe kind of thing so it was just it was the easiest place to host right where are you getting the your name thing from by the way it, uh, you're asking me when I made these notes about two weeks ago. No, that's so fair enough. Honestly, it's, can't remember. It's only because the the video itself is called "Challenge the World." Yeah. Um, and there I isn't had to a, do some digging. I had to do some digging for that. As far as I can see, there isn't a studio called Your Name. Oh, okay. But Maybe there is an anime called Your Name, and if it's done oh. by the same studio that did that, then that's even more impressive. Okay. So let me double check some things. You, yeah, you, that's, you, that's stole for me. That's absolutely fine. Honestly, this is something that we were going to report on last weekend. Obviously, we didn't, unfortunately. So I'm going off a lot of outdated or information that I can't remember off the top of my head. But this trailer is absolutely gorgeous, and it just shows a load of competitors coming to this championship to battle in whichever field they are competing in so as they are all arriving at the train station they all meet one another they wave you've got pokemon bouncing around on balloons and bubbles and whatnot but then the key highlight is when they get up on stage to fight and it transitions from the trading card game to the mainline pokemon games and you've just as they're like throwing down the cards or bringing up their switch and in the background you see the pokemon fighting one another in an anime style that i don't think has ever been topped in the actual anime the 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 effects are gorgeous and don't get me wrong I can understand why this is a one-minute video compared to a 20-minute anime episode. I get why the you know that you can have one minute of just pure visual eye candy. And it's it's gorgeous. Like if you haven't if you haven't seen it, go and check it out because it is beautiful to watch. So it is indeed made by Comix Wave Films, who are the team who made the anime movie Your Name, which okay. is stunning and gorgeous. So if you're a fan of that film. Go check out this trailer. Honestly, one thing, one thing that did did like what I found reminiscent about this is the anime style feels like an old style anime, but like you know, I'm trying to think like what what what's that what's that one with the angels fighting the robots? Uh, Evangelion. Yeah, it felt like that, but in a modern day speed up. You know, in the old, it had that kind of grainy look to it. But it mm-hmm. had the modern, like, fluidity. 
if that yep, makes sense. I, I, I can kind of get what you're going with there. Yeah. And I just, I, I just wanted to bring up this as a, as a topic because it, it, like, go watch it. It deserves the views because it is absolutely beautiful. And that's all I've got to say on it. I mean, the fact that they've gone out of their way to provide us with this, this, this didn't need to exist. Yes. You know, they could have easily done a live action trailer for far cheaper than this would have cost. Oh, yeah. Um, but. I've I've seen over and over again over the last couple of years, Pokemon branching out, taking chances with new animation styles and things like that for these little side projects that they're doing. So they had all the music videos and things like that, but there was a specific one and I can't remember what it is now. Um, They did. It starts off with a reference to the three boys walking along the tracks. And then you go through sort of, oh, I can't remember what it is. You, you get to see like blue and red and stuff like that. It's stunning animation. It's unbelievable. Um, I'm going to try and look it up as I'm talking. But I, I like the fact that they've gone, okay, we know the anime is not always up to the standards that is capable outside, out, out of the anime industry these days. So when we have a chance to do these smaller projects, we're going to spread our wings. We're going to we're going to go all out with them. I do enjoy that they they are willing to branch out. It, oh, what was it? Hisuian Snow is, I think, one yes. of the more recent um, recent uh, anime videos that they did, and it just there's nothing else like it in the Pokemon like anime community and it really just it fleshes it out a lot more and that's what i love and like the fact that they've also done this in the mainline anime of you know when they went to sun and moon series and there were complaints about the anime style i love the anime style i think it works a lot better for what it is and it really did stand out it looks like because when you look at how the pokemon anime used to look if you'd have taken a still from that and you'd taken a still from uh, digimon and you just mm. shown somebody that wasn't in that that catchment of they're in one of these franchises, they wouldn't be able to tell you which one was which based on the anime style. At least when okay. you look at like Sun and Moon, I like to think someone could look at that, and if they've seen a bit of it, they'll go, "Okay, I recognize the anime style. That's that's Pokemon." And I do enjoy the fact that they are, like you say, willing to take these chances and willing to give us different visual styles and i can't help but think that must be part of the creative team when they come in and they you know design all this and they go you know what we've got this idea and we've got a limited run that we're going to be posting on the youtube pokemon channel let's just give it a try i found the music video i was looking for it was the pokemon special music video gotcha bump of chicken by acacia i want to say right it's on the official Pokemon, uh, the official Japanese Pokemon YouTube channel. It is some of the best animation I have ever seen Pokemon okay. do. Um, ping, ping me a link to that after this. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd we'll love do. to see that. Oh, that's absolutely but yes, amazing. I, I love that they're doing more animation. And, you know, it came out a couple of weeks ago now, but we still wanted to give it a shout out because definitely su- su- support. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's move on to a question that received, I think, two weeks ago now, but we're answering it now from Thrive5462 over on YouTube. And 
they've asked, what do you think about a Legends Johto game? And we we slightly touched on this, I think, two weeks ago when we were talking about Legends um, Kyrim and the potential for that or something set in the Univer region. But I thought it was worthwhile us talking about this in a bit more depth because when people talk about a Pokemon Legends game, it, it always seems to be, oh, it's got to be Johto or Univer because they have such a rich backstory more so than any of the other pokemon games like they, because they're the two that have and i don't know the the term for this but it's almost like they have not history but ancient history maybe yeah like they have the myths they have the legends that that legends arceus had and it always felt like johto could be that with hoo for example so I think a lot of the want for either Johto or Unova is Pokemon fans noticing patterns that maybe don't exist. You know, we 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 know that the remakes come out. We know that we got Fire Red, Leaf Green, Heart Cold Soul Silver. Da 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 da. We went all the way through them. That's why we knew we were going to get BDSP, and people assume that the next one's going to be a remake of Unova. Fine. What made people a little bit then confused was we got Let's Go which was technically another remake of Kanto. So the question now comes, are we going to see a follow-up to that series in Johto? So are we going to get another, another remake of Johto because we got another, another remake of Kanto? I, uh, I don't think we need one. I, I still stand by the point yeah. that I think Heart Cold Soul Silver is one of the best games in the franchise but then again so is black and white so do we need a remake of that i don't think we need a remake of either really but that's why then people lean towards well is it gonna be a let's go game let's go doesn't seem to be getting a sequel so now we're on legends as you say johto and unova both lend themselves quite well to legends games johto perhaps more so because you have the element of time travel written in with celebi um, who is already a time traveler in and of itself. I think there's a point in the Celebi movie where like all of the Celebes from all across time show up to save itself. So like wow. there's a, there's a okay. whole bunch of paradoxes and stuff that you can look into there that could be really fun. But as we discussed on our last episode, I don't think the next Legends game needs to involve time travel at all. I yeah. think we've introduced the idea of, no, these games are in the past we can just start in the past. We don't need to be transported there. We don't need to be, uh, I'm better than everyone here because I have future knowledge. It's just, I, I'm better than everyone here because I'm better than everyone here. That's the, <laughs> that's the way the Pokemon <laughs> games have always been. I'm just yeah. the best there <laughs> ever was. Yeah. So, it's a difficult one to say. I don't, I would love a Legends Johto. I would, prefer to return to Unova next though. Agreed. Yeah, I, I think like we mentioned when we, we spoke about Unova is that Unova feels like the Kyrim element is almost a part of a, a larger story you can tell in Unova but when you think about Johto I think most people go to well you've got Ho-Oh reviving the, the, you know, the legendary dogs but what of a rich history is there in there? And I don't feel like a Johto game, you can build a, a, a Legends Johto game just around that one theme. You've got to branch it out. 
But then, yeah, the- there's there's the birth of the kimono girls and stuff like that that you could investigate. Um, you've got all of, and this, this is the other part of uh, why you go for Johto is because you get to explore the Celestica people more. Okay. Uh, which is Kugita and her people and the original settlers of uh, what, what was Hisui at the time were the Celestica people before they all disappeared. Um, they, we know that, you know, sorry, not, you know, but we know that Hisui later Sinnoh and Johto had a connection because you've got the Sinjo ruins where the yes. two people kind of, they, they are intermixed sort of, there is a connection already set there. So, doing Johto would allow you to expand on the legends lore that you already have in place. Right. Okay. So there's that. That could work. I, it's one of those strange ones where I, I think a lot of people in my circle of friends, I talk to it in the YouTube and Pokemon communities always jump to heart, gold and soul silver being their, their favorite remake at least or their favorite game or they're up there in the in the top echelons of what they like and i can't help but feel like the conversations about legends johto are kind of built off that and i think people are asking for that maybe from a nostalgia point of view of i love those games and i'd love i would love another opportunity to go back to johto and i think there's a danger there of it not meeting expectations I really do feel there's there's the potential that we go back there and people suddenly realize that while there is a history to Johto, it's maybe not as far-reaching as they remember based on their nostalgia. Does that make sense? Yes, I think uh, I'm going to say the same thing I said last time, though, which is although there was history and lore from um, Sinnoh, that's not necessarily what got explored in Legends Arceus. Mm. It had its own story. It introduced more history to us that we weren't yet aware of. So I think one of my main issues with going back to Johto is that Johto, realistically, whether you like it or not, is half a region. Agreed, yeah. It, it, it doesn't really stand on its own. I think it needs Kanto. Um, but if you were to enroll Johto and Kanto into one Legends game, a Legends Celebi, a Legends ho whatever it may be, and you explore further the idea that because Johto is more traditional than Kanto is, Kanto is all about the future. It's all about uh, building to something new. You know, you've got, that's where Silphco is. That's where... Uh, the Master Ball is being created. That's where Mewtwo is being created. We're 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 genetically splicing Pokemon to build something new, to build something better. Whereas Johto is very much no, we stick to the traditional. We're the, we're we're very old fashioned here. All of our buildings are sacred, and we respect that. And we keep it the way it is. That's a really nice dichotomy that you could see a story where his in in the history there is. Kanto trying to develop and Johto trying to fight that development for themselves. I like that. So you've then got those two factions, the same as you had in the previous Legends game. Mm. It also builds nicely off of what we're already now starting to see in the DLC with Kitakami and stuff like that. With Kitakami being very drenched in its uh, traditions, the uh, heroes of legend and things like that, bringing back that... um, 
I don't want to use the word traditional again, but I can't think of another word for it, that traditional Japanese mythology and uh, dress and ceremony. I could see that playing really, really well in a Johto game. Mm. And what I, I... I think, just to kind of piggyback off that, because the issue with Kanto and Johto, and the reason why we haven't seen anything like that done before is because of the scope. That, mm-hmm. Like, if you go... If any other game, and it's it's why we always get it in any game that comes out and we get the DLC or the announcement of, oh, well, we're going to be going to Kalos in Gen 9 or Gen 8. Oh, well, it's only across, funnily enough, from Kalos again because of, you know, the channel tunnel. It's always Kalos for some reason. But the reason we don't get that is because you are basically creating two games in one. With a Legends game, and if they did it how they did it with Legends Arcus, which I think they should do again, is they make a semi-open world game, much like they, they did with Legends Arcus, where you don't explore the full region, you explore the important parts of that region, and then you could have it over both Johto and Kanto, because you don't need to explore every single city, because some of the cities aren't built up yet, they aren't even, there's nothing there, it's just dead land. So you could get away with, we're going to do one that spreads across the two, and you're visiting three or four areas in Johto, three or four areas in Kanto, and then you've got the connecting tissue of Mount Silver in some way, which is almost that middle ground. And maybe that's the way that you do a game. So it is, because that also, to me, makes it bigger and better because any sequel should ideally be bigger and better in some way whether or not it's mechanics whether or not it's uh the building of consequences or the scope of the game or the characters and their development it should a sequel should always build on what came before it and i feel like that is one of the ways that you build on legends arceus of well technically you're exploring two regions and i know it's not technically two regions but Legends legends would allow you to do that if you just did hubs of worlds, uh, hubs of locations. And I think that could then work. And like you say, then you bring in the, you've got people over in Kanto who are, let's look to the future. What can it bring? And you've got the people in Johto going, we don't like change. Like things that are great now and we love the tradition that we have. And okay, how do they then come to a head? Like what is the natural consequences of that story and i think there is a good story you could tell there that and it goes back to what i was saying earlier i just don't think there's enough in johto at the moment you could obviously flesh that out but i feel like there's more of a story if you bring the clashing of two regions like you've said Mm. and i don't i don't want them to go to war i want it to be a philosophical yeah uh conundrum because one thing I hate, one thing I dislike about Pokemon, I was going to say hate, I don't hate it, I just dislike it, is that none of the generations feel like a generation. So, for instance, okay. I can sit here and we can easily have an argument about whether Heart Cold Soul Silver is a Generation 4 game or a Generation 2 game, right? Yeah. Because as far as I'm concerned, it was made in the Generation 4 engine, and therefore that's what makes it a Generation 4 game. You can say, no, it's about Johto, and therefore it's a Gen 2 game what's always been missing is a through route. Yes. There's always been something that has to connect these games to make it feel like a generation. Now, we started getting that in Gen 6 because we had Megas. Megas were what made Gen 6 Gen 6. So we had X and Y and Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire 
They had that through route. This is where Megas are introduced. We're talking about mega timelines and things like that. It feels like a generation. It feels like those games actually are connected. Unlike, you know, it's very hard to say Gen 7, you know, uh, Sun and Moon, Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, and Let's Go are connected because they've got Alolan forms. It, it, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't sit yes. right, does it? No, it doesn't. No. So if you have Legends Johto come out during Generation 9 with this idea of Kanto looking to the future, Ho, uh, Johto trying to hold on to the past, it ties in with the theme of Generation 9, which is past versus future. I like that. Yeah, that that works. That works a lot, actually. And I was thinking when I was thinking about how you make this work in terms of that, you know, past versus future, you could have Kanto having the very the very first professor. Like it's mm-hmm. set before Legends Arceus. This person is the very first professor, and there's never been anyone like this with this in terms of Pokemon knowledge, but also, okay, how we, do we apply that Pokemon knowledge to build technology in the future? And then over in the Johto side, you have the equivalent of a, of a, of a professor, someone that's steeped in knowledge and lore that's been handed down through the community and their people, like some kind of shaman or what, whatever that, that technical term is, and how they how they butt heads and play against one another. And then you as the player help them to reach the understanding of, oh, you have to look to the future, but you have to remember your past. And that's yeah. how that that comes in. And I do like the idea of, like you say, it, it's really infuriating actually, because when you say megas, like I do agree that that is that connecting tissue for those games. But then it all, like everything with Pokemon, it gets messy because Megas are also in Let's Go and then Megas are also in Sun and Moon. It gets really messy. But when you do think of Megas, you do think of that Mega timeline being X and Y and Auras. Yeah, it's the Mega timeline. It's the Infinity Energy, I think, was the big big tie-in. They they changed Hoenn's story to be more about Infinity Energy. Yeah, and I I really do feel like... There does need to be a connecting tissue where it's almost like, okay, here's here's the Gen 9 game and the theming around Gen 9, and then the next couple of games before Gen 10 are also grouped in that theming. And I think the past and future, like you say, is the way to do that. So it isn't always a mechanic, it's maybe a theme, and it's the exploration of that theme in different ways. Mm. I think that's how, how you would present Johto, a Legends Johto game, and make it feel like part of, okay, this is the natural, you know, continuation of the games that we've done, because one of the issues we've had with the Switch generation is that it is messy. There is no connecting tissue between all these games. You've got Let's Go, you've got BDSP, you've got Sword and Shield, Legends Arceus, and then Scarlet and Violet. Like, what's the connecting tissue other than hardware? Like, yeah. and, and Pokemon, like, the, the, there's no connecting tissue. And, like, that's, and I feel like that's the way that you play it is because then instead of, because the problem we've got at the moment is that all the new Pokemon games that come out always have to be, we're introducing new Pokemon. And the reason we need to do that is because then everything rolls out of that. The anime, the, the, the trading card game. But maybe it doesn't need to be about Pokemon. It needs to be about themes, and then that is the exploration of that generation is let's look at the themes and there'll be a couple of Pokemon maybe that aren't new but are 
an evolution of that theme. So, for example, in Gen 9, we got, was it Divergent Species? Yeah. Yeah, maybe that should have been, like, it's future, future and future and past, and the effect that it's had on these Divergent Species. Okay, great, now we get past and future Pokemon of Divergent Species in the next Legends game and the next other, you know, remake or whatever it is. I just feel like this is their opportunity now to look at, at Pokemon... They, they've almost had the Switch as the playground, it feels like. So what do we want to see moving forward? Like, what have they learned from this and what can they apply to the next group of games? And I feel like Legends Johto is... I feel like it has the opportunity to be one of the best game if they if they went down that route it has the opportunity okay what have we learned from the switch generation let's bring it all together and make an absolutely fantastic game that would likely see out the switch era which there have been building rumors that the switch era is coming to an end in the next couple of years and we're moving on to whatever the next you know version is like how do how do we round off pokemon and i feel like that is the that's potentially the way to do it so all that being said, do you now want a Legends Johto game or a Legends Curum game next? I, I say Curum, Unova. Yeah, I I still maintain that what we discussed last time about the universe and the two brothers and your role in that. And I almost pitched myself a really good game. And so that's why I'm sticking with Legends Univer or Legends Skyrim or legends victim whatever you call it mm-hmm. i think that's why i'm sticking to that knowing that i'll probably be disappointed because it doesn't meet the ex unrealistic expectations that i set myself what about you i think i brought myself round to the idea of a johto game for the next legends it was as soon as i realized like oh no wait there's the connection to the celestica people who i want to explore more because Kogito is such a fascinating character in that game who gets very very little exploration i yeah. i've got a video up on my channel that i think she's literally immortal i, I think I she's remember been around forever <laughs> yes um and there's an idea that she's like oh i'm lending you an amorous at some point it will come back to me and it's like at what point <laughs> when i die and you're not dead yet what's going on here (laughs) yeah so i i'd love to see that explored more maybe not explained but certainly i'd love to see the history of these people you know i'd love to see where the sinjo ruins come from but that would almost entail going further back than legends arceus does um which that's that's the other thing with any legends games is how far back do you push it because they, they, they gave themselves a little bit of an out in Arceus because they were like, okay, the Pokemon here are wild and people don't usually keep Pokemon. We're kind of weird on that part. A lot of the rest of the world have learned to live in harmony with Pokemon. We just can't. Mm. So there, you could go further back. And especially with Johto, you know, that's where the Pokeballs were created. Oh, they were, so, weren't they? Yeah, Kit, Kit, is it Kit? And his yeah, he's lineage... A, he's, He's one of the last great smiths. So you've then got the great smiths creating Pokeballs, and that's your earliest, well, not even your earliest encounter of people catching Pokemon because people used to use magical objects to hold them before that and things. So there's so much available in this world. Mm. I think Johto has the biggest connection to Unova, 
and therefore yeah. makes sense as a sequel game to Legends. But as we explained last time, I don't need a sequel or remake to Unova. So if you're going to do a Unova game, I'd prefer it to be Legends. Okay. So yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. So speaking of our wishes for Pokemon, should we move on to the next topic where we're talking about the upcoming Pokemon Presents, which mm-hmm. is next week, correct? Uh, rumored to be on the 8th. Rumored to be on the 8th of August. Oh, that's not that's not far off at all. Okay. And for those those people that might not know what Pokemon Presents is, do you just want to fill people in on it? Uh, basically, if you've ever seen a Nintendo Direct, it's like that, but for Pokemon specifically. So Pretty all much. the things that the Pokemon company are working on for the upcoming year or two, or in Pokemon Sleep's case, four or five years, uh, they will announce but they to did us. Live it. Le- they, did, <laughs> they did eventually. <laughs> and at some point, one of us will play it. <laughs> at some point, one of us will play If play is the right word. But yeah, so somebody will experience it. So let's... Let's get the let's get the elephant out of the room, okay? Uh, you know, we, we elephant out of the room. Uh, let's just address the elephant, the elephant in the room. Yeah, we know what we know. One of the things that we'll be likely getting, and it's some kind of update on the Scarlet and Violet DLC, right? We will be yeah. getting information on that. Um, I'd imagine likely a release date for the first part of the DLC because we've had a time frame. Yeah, we're we're expecting sometime in fall, which yeah. is fast approaching like yeah next month onwards really so i'd imagine we're getting a a date and a trailer or a cut together of shots for the first part of the dlc which is the um the thingy mask the um teal mask teal mask so i think we'll be getting that i think we'll also be getting the the usual things of oh there's a new pokemon coming to pokemon unite to drill up a little bit of uh interest and to remind people that it's there because apparently mewtwo was added and that's completely flown over my head didn't know that was yeah, a thing mewtwo, mewtwo was added with its mega evolutions as well which means oh. megas are now in unite so megas are in every single pokemon spin-off but not the mainline Just games. Just not the mainline games. Not the mainline <laughs> games. Interesting. Um, interesting choice, though, but they're, they're determined to stand by that. Um, so I imagine we'll be getting something like that. We'll probably get an event for Pokemon Masters, an event for Pokemon Go. So they're the things that we are likely to be getting. But I guess what are the things maybe that you might think are coming that might blindside people or the things that you want to see? So I think we're also going to see a Pokemon card highlight because we've got Obsidian Flames coming out, uh, I think, on the 11th. So the same week as the Presents. So we might get a highlight of that. Although that set is already available in Japan, so I don't I don't expect it to be heavy. Um, we might get a better look at the 151. Okay. Um, which would be interesting. It'd be nice to get a better look as well at the... What was it called? The Pokemon Card Classic? That that really special set that they're doing that's the original base set but has the fancy play mat and the, oh, the flipping coin by rolling the ball around. I forgot about like that. that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's still coming out, so we could see more of that. I would like to see... <coughs> sorry. I would like to see a trailer for Pokemon Concierge. Oh, yeah. Considering that we're supposed to get that in December. Okay. So that's four months out. I'd love to see more 
about that game, uh, game, film, series, video. Words are hard. Um, I don't know. It's it's a hard one to predict as far as like spinoffs and things are concerned. Do you think we're going to get an announcement for our next game? So uh, we're going to get DLC announcements. Yes. Do you think they're going to go? Here's your Legends Unova. Here's your Legends Johto. Here's the Unova sequel remake, whatever that's coming out next year. So we got we got Scarlet and Violet last year. Yeah, we got, mm-hmm. and I always forget whether or not we got BDSP or Legends Arcus at the start of the year. We got we got BDSP at the end of 2022. We got Legends Arcus at the start of 2023. No. Wrong. We got BDSP at the end of 21. Yeah. Legends Arceus at the start of 22. Yeah. Gen 9 at the end of 22. Yeah. And now at the end of 23, we're getting and DLC. T- and 2020 was Sword and Shield DLC. Is that right? I vaguely I remember so. playing that. So. And then 2019 was Sword and Shield. That sounds... I want to say so off the top of my head. Yes. That sounds right to me but i might be wrong well maybe we got i remember playing sword and shield close to march 2020 when everything just kicked off in the world so i guess the point i'm trying to make because i remember november 29 2019 right okay and 2020 was the was the year that we didn't get any new pokemon games but we got content in dlc to give them a bit of a a buffer Mm -hmm. so this year we haven't had any pokemon games and we're not getting any pokemon games but we're getting dlc for mm-hmm. skull and violet yes so where i'm going with this stick with me is next year the chances are we are getting a pokemon game if they continue their the operating model that they've had mm-hmm. we're currently in august so yeah i think we might actually get something in this an initial teaser trailer as they typically do where it's no actual gameplay footage, but it is almost... They like to present mock-ups, don't they? In terms of, here's some of the mock-ups from an upcoming project, kind of leave it to you to put it together, and then they show a logo. I think that we might get something like that, whether or not that's a Legends game, whether or not it's something completely new, I, I wouldn't surprise me. I think it's too early from a remake. For a remake, I think they'll... If they were clever because of what happened with BDSP and just the lukewarm reception it it got, I think they would want to give themselves as much breathing room between the last remake and the next remake just to help people to kind of forget about that and move on. And I think they need to hit something out of the park and get a win. So I really do think we'll be getting either a Legends game or something brand new and exciting announced ready for next year. We're going to get a sequel to Gale of Darkness. I, I, you know what? <laughs> Something like that, I I would be happy with, because I have played Gale of Darkness, and I, I played it, I think, two years ago, maybe three, and it is a product of its time. It is, it is a very slow game. It is. It, it, like, slow is in the mechanics are slow, the progression is slow. But there is a re- there was a really good idea like that opening cinematic with you know there's a ship and then all of a sudden a, a dark form Lugia and you're like okay there's there's something here 
I would love to see them do just a wacky spin-off like that. It doesn't have to be Legends for me. I want to see something that isn't a mainline Pokemon game where they do get to, you know, flesh out some of these wacky ideas that they might have. See, I don't know. I'm sat here watching the announcement trailer for Legends Arceus again and just getting really excited about this game. So remind <laughs> me again. Remind, what, how does it work? What, what's the trailer breakdown? Uh... At least this is from what I'm watching. I don't know if this is the original one. Um, let me see if I can tr- find find the actual one that we got within. No, that is it's the reveal trailer. So they did the ah, it was the books. They do the all the old school books, and they had the Pokeball sat next to it, and it opens up, and it does all sketches, and you get to see the village. Yeah, <sighs> and then yeah, and then they opened up, and we got to see just some Pokemon in the wild. Um, God, this game so wasn't finished because you see yourself running through the town and nobody's there. You see yourself out <laughs> really? in the wild and there's nothing there. Uh, <laughs> really? Which isn't that far off from what we actually got. There are there are a few things there, not a lot, but a few things there. Right? Okay. But yeah, no. They sh- they sh- they show the catching mechanic. They show you rolling. They show you crouching. You show so there you was gameplay footage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, early gameplay footage. Early, early, early gameplay footage. Yeah, not a lot of it. And then obviously they do that shot where they do the, it's the, the mountain shot. That's it. Yeah, the Breath of the Wild shot, which everyone was comparing the, which opened up the comparison between the two. So I, I think we might get something similar. Of okay, let's show off the bare bones gameplay footage we've got, but how can we flesh that out because it won't look great or it won't be able to fill a full trailer slot? Oh, let's show off the concept art because I'm not gonna uh, like. With Pokemon games, say what you want about the actual finished products when you get them, but the concept art that we have seen is always beautiful. It always looks mm-hmm. amazing. It always shows that they have this huge vision, and for whatever reason, they can never quite nail it. Nail it, can they? They, but their their vision is always fantastic, and I think that's I I, I think that's what we're gonna get. Do Do you think I'm onto something there? I hope so. I hope so. I mean, uh, the thing is, I remember the announcement for Legends Arceus because it came right off the back of the announcement for BDSP. And I didn't watch that or I didn't stream that Pokemon Presents because the last couple had been a little bit disappointing. And I was like, ah, whatever. And I was sat around my mates and I was watching it on my phone. And I watched the BDSP, I watched the BDSP announcement and I remember sitting there going, really? This is this this okay. That's what we're getting, is it? Cool. And then as soon as they switched to Legends Arceus, my whole face lit up. And it's one of those reactions I really wish I had yeah. filmed. I really wish I had it for prosperity's sake. So I just want something to make me feel like that again. I want something to make me have that wonder in Pokemon that Legends offered me. Does it have to be a Legends game? No. But I want something to excite me. I want I want to look at a game and be like, that looks like a game someone wanted to make. Yeah. yeah. If we're going to do a spinoff, if we're going to do anything, because we have to hit this every single year release schedule, give me something, give me something cool. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. Like the BDSP trailer, I remember watching that thinking, I was watching it thinking, I'll play it. But it's not the game I wanted. It's not a game that I need. Generation 4 is the one I have the least connection to because it's where I dropped off on the series. 
But then, like you say, you saw the Legends Arceus one, and you, I remember just sitting there thinking, yeah, this is the game I want to play out of the two. If I have to pick one, it's not even a, it's not even a discussion that I need to have with myself. It is literally, I'm picking up Legends Arceus. I know I'm going to pick up Legends Arceus. And for me, like, I think, because there's an argument to be made that, okay, let's pump out the DLC first, get the positive reviews, and then when we do announce another game, people will buy into that new game based on, okay, I really enjoyed the the piece of DLC that I played with these two games, therefore I'm going to pick up this next game. But the reason why I don't see them doing that is because I think for some people, Scarlet and Violet, you know, shot their blast whatever you want to say and it was just lackluster and i think there'll be a, a, a some people going i'm ready to move on from scarlet and violet it didn't meet up to meet my expectations and i don't care what the dlc does i don't care how good the dlc is i'm ready for another exciting pokemon project that kind of avoids some of the issues that the mainline games always seem to pick up yeah and I, 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 the thing is, sorry, just jumping off that point. Legends works so well for me because it's narrow. Its scope yeah. is narrow. It's not yes. trying to be an online multiplayer game. It's not trying to be open world. It's not trying to do all these things that the franchise should do these days. It's just a good single player experience. Yeah, and I think I think that's where I stand on it because the multiplayer aspect of the more recent games, I dip into it. But if you remove that completely, it wouldn't it wouldn't deter me from buying the game because that's not the reason I'm buying. I'm not buying it to play with my friends for friends for the open world. I'm not buying it to compete in a multiplayer competition. I'm buying it to and to try and enjoy a single player experience with exploration, new Pokemon, and some level of difficulty. And Legends Arceus offered me all of that in a in a better presented package than scarlet and violet did yep. and that's why for me i would be if you know i'm still on the fence as to whether or not i buy the dlc for for gen 9 i really am because i part of me wants to explore it and be able to make up my mind of oh this was a good dlc experience like sword and shield was but at the same time i don't want to give my money to a company that unfortunately basically spend your money flip a coin okay what kind of experience are you gonna get i don't want to reward that kind of you know lazy maybe is is yeah. is the wrong word but th- they don't put out the quality that i know they should do for a 50 pound game whereas a legends game or something that is like you say an idea that they've ran with and fleshed out outside of the constraints of a mainline game i'm more likely to spend money on that because Okay, it might not have been the best game in the series, but I want to reward you financially for taking a risk. I'd much rather do that than pay a company for just playing it safe, which is what the mainline generations tend to be. It's, oh, what's what's the safest way we can do this while giving the illusion of a a improved experience because it's the same fundamental game that we get, whereas Legends of Arcus wasn't the same fundamental game. It was... It was different in all the right ways that Pokemon needed to be. And I guess what I'm trying to say in a roundabout way is that's what I want from Pokemon Presents is look at us taking a risk as a company. Let's get you excited for it. 
Well, here's another random thought about this presents as well. We've currently not got much to look forward to. So, of things that have announced that haven't come out yet, Pokemon Classic, Pokemon Concierge, uh, Worlds is happening, DLC. That's it. That's all we know. It's not a lot. That's all we know that is happening right now. Um, and sorry, I, so, let me just jump in there. I've just said not a lot. And like for any other company, that would be a lot. Okay. But this is mm. Pokemon. Pokemon is the type of company where you know years in advance what is coming out of the pipeline because Pokemon works on this constant hype generation of you've always got the next piece of media, whether or not it's gameplay, T- TCG, anime, whatever it is, to look forward to. But you're right, for, for Pokemon, that's not a lot. Mm. Do you think we're going to get more raid event Pokemon? So similar to Last Presents, we got Walking Wake, uh, Walking Wake and Iron Leaves introduced. Do you think we're going to get more like that? Or, and this is the bit I want, can we have some story for those Pokemon, please? Pokedex entry, maybe? <laughs> yeah, the the fact that we we haven't even got the bare bones, which the bare minimum for any new Pokemon is a Pokedex entry. Out, outside of the release that Pokemon, it's a Pokedex entry, and the fact we haven't got that, and like you've just mentioned about the potential of raid Pokemon that are new to the game, so they are new Pokemon, new models, new whatever that is, and as someone that has only caught one of the two Pokemon that released in the last lot. I'm Which not, one did you get, by the way? Oh, I can't remember. Like, this is how just zoned out I am about those releases. Because I was like, okay, they are... I like the idea of these interesting concepts. But what is there behind them? Like, there's no story. There's no progression. It is literally... And this is part of my frustration with Pokemon. And I know we're going off on another tangent. And I'm pretty sure we discussed this before. And I think it was you that brought up the point of... As we've progressed the generations, we're getting more and more legendary Pokemon. But we don't like the legendary Pokemon because they're legendary. We like them because there's a story behind them. And that is something that you are guaranteed, used to be guaranteed with a legendary. Where, okay, there might be a wild Bidoof in the wild, but there's no story. It's just a Bidoof. It's just like going outside and seeing a pigeon. Like, you don't care about where it came from, what story was. You don't care, you know, what, what it can do because there's a thousand other of them so the legends the legendary pokemon fill that in because it's like this is a legendary pokemon there's a story to it there's a hype build build up to this pokemon and when you get it you are you are already bought into this pokemon and that's why most people when they're playing the games oh there's a legendary pokemon i'm having this pokemon in my team because not only is it powerful i'm connected to its lore its story so introducing legendary pokemon via raids like, yes, I want them from my Pokedex. But that's it. And I just said that I want them from my Pokedex. And yet, I only collected one of the two. So maybe I'm not that fussed about that either. Yeah. So, do I think we'll get more raid? I, I think we'll get, uh, I think we will get more raid events. I, I, I guarantee whether or not they are new Pokemon. I don't think so because DLC is around the corner. DLC's around the corner, but also the, the issue is that, like, we already know that the, the Pokemon franchise is, is a little bit overwhelmed with the Pokemon they've got, and they're going to start looking at creative ways they can limit the number of Pokemon introduced in each generation without people feeling underwhelmed. 
because you know we we're in what we're over a thousand now aren't we yeah yeah and it's going to become because the problem they've got is as generations improve like let's be honest pokemon is going to be around in 10 20 30 years it, ju- it just is it's one of those mainstream franchises now but the problem is at some point they're going to have to move up the hardware and the software has to match with that and will they be able to port in the current models at a future date maybe not which means they might have to do what they've done before of recreating them all and they're gonna want to minimize that as much as they can so i can't see them putting out more and more unique pokemon in these random raid events so I, I don't I don't think we'll be getting something like war. I think that was just a <sighs> We need to tie him over for a year, basically. Yeah, that's what it felt like to me. I, I honestly it wouldn't surprise me if those Pokemon were meant to be in the DLC and they just thought, like, say, okay, what can we what can we bring into this game to keep people bought into this game because the DLC is so far away and because of the lackluster reviews that we had yeah, let's just just pump, let's push these forward just so there is like conversation. People using the raid yeah. to try and get them bought into using the raid as a, as a function, and therefore, oh, I quite enjoy this raid. I'm going to stick playing this game to get more raid Pokemon and new terrestrialized versions and whatnot. But I just no, I I I the long long roundabout way. No, I can't see them doing doing unique raids. A unique raid announcement at Pokemon Presents. Okay. Here's a different question for you. Do you think we will get a spin-off remake? So like we had with Pokemon Mystery Dungeon DX, we had Pokemon Snap, new Pokemon Snap. Do you think we will get something like that? And if so, what would you want? Oh, why that- is it Hello Pikachu? Remind me, Hello, hold on, remind, Hello hey, Pikachu hey, is the N64 one? No, it's, it, hey you Pikachu, yeah. Hey you Where Pikachu. you had the microphone and you had to tell it what to do. I remember seeing the trailer for that and just thinking, what? Like, but, but that I don't mind, I, I, never, <laughs> I know that, I never played it, I saw the reviews that were just very... It doesn't work. It doesn't work but at least they tried something, and this is the thing, like, I, I don't mind them trying something new. I haven't played Pokemon Snap, because I enjoyed the original Pokemon Snap, but let's be honest with you, while they can bring out all these new mechanics and it looks fantastic from what I've seen, it is still just a... On-rail shooter. On-rail shooter, but I, I want to say lazy lazy cash grab, and that's probably the wrong term, but you know when a movie comes out and it's like, oh, it's really good, let's do a sequel, and it's like, well... You're announcing a sequel within a, f- a couple of weeks of the the success of the previous game or the pre- success of the previous movie, but you haven't you haven't given any thought in terms of the script, the story, the characters. You're just thinking, let's get in there while we can to get that initial hype train moving and the promotion and the marketing for the next one. And Pokemon Snap kind of falls in into that of it's been a while since the original Pokemon Snap. We know you remember this. We know that you have nostalgia for this. Let's just throw it out there. And I don't want that. What I what I want is I want to see something new, exciting, innovative. And despite saying all that, I really do think we are overdue something like a Pokemon Coliseum version yeah. 
of some variety. And I, I have, have thought about this for a while where I really do think you need to move away from the versus element being in the mainline games. And I feel like the versus element needs its own structure and own game somewhere that allows you to do that. And I feel like the Pokemon Coliseum branding is there. People know it. People are aware of it. You tie in with Pokemon Home of, you want to play in Pokemon Coliseum? Well, you've got your basic box, which allows you to bring in the Pokemon that you need to build a competitive team. But it connects with Home, and you can bring in the Pokemon from all the different generations. And, oh, that ties in with, you you need to pay for Pokemon Home then, if you really want to bring in. Real quickly, are you talking about Pokemon Coliseum, which was the RPG adventure, or are you talking about Pokemon Stadium? I'm talking about Stadium here. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, 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 no, 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 you're good. Or as it later became Battle Revolution? Battle Revolution, which I've not played. However, I've seen all the positivity for that game because of the custom animations that were in there that weren't in the mainline games that made it feel like those Pokemon were alive. And that to me feels like if you have Pokemon, a Pokemon Stadium equivalent, it's it's just removed from the mainline games and you can control mm-hmm. it a lot better. I would love to see that personally and I'd more likely play that than having it in the mainline games because I feel like the mainline games you need to be in some way up to date on the meta. And that's part of the problem with it, because for casuals like me, outside of borrowing a team, there's not a lot you can really do to keep up with with you know the, the top tier players. Whereas a Pokemon Stadium feels like you could go, okay, I want to join a fight. Okay, what do I want? Gen 1 only, Gen 2 only, Gen 3 only. Okay, and you could filter it down and have all... Basically, it should be what Pokemon um, Showdown is. Mm-hmm. And I feel so, like- but right. So this is going to be my follow-up question: Is are we putting the Pokemon generator in that game? So this, <laughs> so this is really. Yes, I would love to see that. No, they won't do it. Okay, so the reason I had to ask that is because we used to, and by we I mean Pokemon Company used to do the actual tournaments, the World Championships, and stuff like that in Battle Revolution. In, in its earliest forms, we used to, instead of playing on uh, Diamond and Pearl, play in Battle Revolution, because it looks better. It's more of a spectator yeah. sport. Yeah. I think they dropped that when they went over to Gen 5, because Gen 5 looked great, um, and there was no sequel game to Battle Revolution with any of the Gen 5 Pokemon. I think now that the World Championships have been pushed so hard and competitive Pokemon is becoming more and more of an actual thing that the Pokemon company want to people to be aware of that releasing a battle only game. People will be like, well, this is the better looking game. This is what we want to watch. Can we do tournaments in that? And again, I, I, somebody who has said Scarlet and Violet sucks to watch. It does. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, I'd love to see it. But then the question comes of, well, what's pushing those competitive players who only want to play competitive to buy the new mainline games? Which Are is they the then cannibalizing their own uh, their own creation by offering something else? Which, which is why, when you asked that question, I understood where you were going because if they allow you a Pokemon generator in that, the what is the benefit then? The the company. 
the company has an issue of, well, no one's buying, the, the competitive players aren't buying the mainline games because they don't need to because they can just gen in the Pokemon they want. So yeah, I, I think that the way they would do that is, okay, well, you can bring in the Pokemon and you can you can... You can bring them in from Generation Nine and go. Okay, well, these are all the moves that it learns in the in the games as you've handed up egg moves, whatever it might be, and they're there in the battle simulator. But you can't if it didn't. So, for example, um, if you didn't hatch it from an egg, you wouldn't be able to get the egg moves because you haven't done that in the mainline games. And I think that's the way they get around that issue to make sure that people from a business perspective are still buying the mainline games. And I think just to kind of jump on the comment that you mentioned about, you know, the reason, the reason we didn't get that in generation six was because the 3ds online battles looked so good. They, they looked really good. And the reason we didn't get it for sword and shield was because the stadium was so amazing and it worked really well. And then we jump into gen nine and, you've got two grannies cheering you on. Like, it doesn't feel epic anymore. It really doesn't. Like, when you look to the Not sword... Not compared to what we had. No, like, when you look at the Sword and Shield online battles, they looked amazing because they were in a stadium. It just felt like this is the right atmosphere for these, you know, top-tier Pokemon teams and players coming together. And then you get Scarlet and Violet, where it's, okay, this is a little bit disappointing. But if you had a, a built... A, a built game that allows you to do competitive Pokemon battling, you could then, as a company, just update that every generation of, okay, right, the next generation's come out, let's update the backdrop. And I imagine it wouldn't be difficult to do. For Like, I, I, I can't imagine it would be difficult to do. It wouldn't use many resources, I, I'd imagine. But it would look better than what we've got. Yeah. And the good thing about then having that is is you could then I'd imagine they would have more control over it because a you know Scarlet and Violet when they were probably inventing the multiplayer aspect of that they were probably thinking okay well it's mainly casuals okay now we've got a tournament coming up right how do we incorporate this into a into a tournament and that's part of the reasons why we've had the issues of you could uh, like they basically just they basically just screen share whoever one of the two players is. So you don't see both sides of yeah. the competition. Whereas you get around that by if you have your own custom game software, whatever that might be, of then you can have it. Okay, right. He, A spectator mode. Spectator mode. And we show the six Pokemon and then with the, which Pokemon they're selecting. And then it both... And then what we can then see is when the trainers are selecting moves, you've got the the gameplay in the middle, and then to the either side, you can see them scrolling up and down. Okay, what am I doing? Am I selecting Pokemon? Am I selecting a move? What What's my what's my play? What's my strategy? And then that ties in with the commentators. They've then got the full suite of information in front of them. Okay, he's thinking of using this move. Oh, that's really interesting because their opponent is thinking of doing something that counters that. Like, like some kind of battle simulator, for lack of a better word, feels like that would be an amazing announcement for Pokemon Presents. The other thing you get with that as well, which I've only just thought of, is, you know, we've said every spin-off game has Megas, but the mainline games don't. And that's fair because they want terrestrialization to be the mechanic yep. of this generation. But how cool would it be if we got a stadium update, a Battle Revolution update that was like, no, there's Megas, there's Z-Moose, there's Dynamax, there's yeah. terrestrializing. It's all there. 
Yeah. And you can pick a format you want to play in. All or nothing. You can have just one of these in. You can have none of them in. It's entirely up to you. I think you would see these really fascinating little... Uh, I can't think of the word. Um, when it's you get different formats. Yeah. And different Pokemon would be good in different formats. Yeah, I, I I could see that being really good. That'd be a nice uh, that'd be a nice announcement. Will we get it? Unsure, but that'd be a cool one. Yeah, I I really do think that Pokemon Presents needs to. I think it needs to pivot a little bit. To be quite honest with you, I don't think I don't think Pokemon Presents. Now that I've seen a few of them, I feel like it does a it does a good job of hyping up what is coming. But it's very safe. Yeah, I feel like you Pokemon- get, here's your Cafe Remix, here's yeah. your Unite, here's your Masters EX. Oh, by the way, uh, here's a follow up to something we announced years ago. Oh, uh, uh, Pokemon Smile. Remember Pokemon Smile? We said Pokemon Smile was coming out. We might actually make that. I can't remember if they actually did make that or not because nobody cares. It's a brushing your teeth system. I think it did. Um, I think it did come out, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, but, but, some, but something silly like that where nobody's like, oh yeah, this is the most exciting thing ever. It's just like, okay, I guess that exists now. And then we get the DLC trailer and that's it. Yeah. I, I would much rather it be, because like, I get why they put Cafe Remakes in there, Pokemon Go, Pokemon Masters, because it's a short little mm. snippy. I, I get why they put it in there. It's quite easy to do. What I would much rather see is, okay, this is a Pokemon Presents, and we're focusing on one thing only, and it might be DLC, it might be an upcoming game, it might whatever it is. Like, bring the developers in, bring the director in, get like have an interview-style conversation so that you get Okay, I get the direction of the game. I get why they made these creative choices. I get what they are trying to do. And I think that would appease some fans when they do have the questions about, well, why have we still not got Megas? Why have you create why have you made this decision to go open world? Because Pokemon went open world with Scarlet and Violet, and I don't think I ever read why it went open world. Like what what was their creative decision around that? And I feel uh, because it's what people have been asking for. I mean, I mean, as far as the creative decision goes, most of the interviews before the game came out were, I don't think it would really work for Pokemon. I don't think Pokemon's built that way. I think fans are asking for it, but they don't really know what they want. But this is the thing. Like, if if they came out and had those conversations and went, like, if for the, for the next game, for example, they came out and went, it's not true open world, it is like Legends, which I feel is the best way to do it because it's the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. If they came out and actually had those conversations, and at least then you'd feel the the dedicated fans like us, because children ultimately, if if my daughter is anything to go by, will just see Pokemon and just buy it. Like she doesn't care like what's in the game, what Pokemon in the game, what the region. Like she doesn't care about the lore. She just, I just get to go in and catch shiny creatures. Like I mean, whether creatures. we like it or not, Pokemon Presents is for super nerds. It is, yes. So give us give us that information. Like my daughter has seen a couple of Pokemon Presents, but she just wants to skip to the gameplay. She doesn't care about the because we've had and I can't remember that his name that comes on and he presents it and he goes up oh, next is a you know fantastic game. This is what we're working on. But like I want to I want to hear from the the creators. I want to see them bought into this game. The their explanation as to why they've gone about it this way. 
And then me as a person then will go, okay, I might not completely agree with it, but I can understand why they're making that decision. And other people might be the complete opposite where they go, okay, like I'm bought into this game anyway because of what they've said. And that appeals to me as a, as a player. And I, I feel like that is how you, you change up Pokemon Presents to make it, like say, it, it appeals more to people like us who I'm likely going to buy the game or I'm going to be involved in the game's marketing, but I want to know why and you don't yeah. really do that. And it's infuriating that we don't get to know why. Like, for example, Legends. I know we got a Legends Arceus game. I, I love Legends Arceus. But what was the... what was what decisions, what discussions internally in the in the organization and the company led up to the the that game? Like, yeah, that's because what I so little know. of it, so little of it was then taken on to Gen Nine mm. that you're like, was this? It uh, was this clearly a separate effort. So why did we decide to go down this route? And I think that ties in with what I've said earlier on, and is like the Switch era just feels like a playground. Mm-hmm. But is that because? It is, and like I would love to have those, the, you know, them to come come on and just explain. Okay, well, this is this is why we did. Let's go, which is probably the one out of all of them that is the most known why they did it because they needed that initial game for a new piece of hardware and, and developing for it that was easy to do. But then, why did we get BDSP outside of? Oh, we've got to do a remake. Why did we get? generation eight and why did they choose to go to that region what were the decisions that made them go let's go for dlc rather than a third version like these are the conversations i i want to know about and for me that would make me more hyped for the games because i would feel a connection with the developers of ah this is they're making these decisions for people like me or at least if they're not making them for me i can understand why they're making them yeah, rather than typically radio silence, a little bit of a couple of trailers, hype up until the release, and then you get it, and then you get the reviews. Like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so. it's 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 an interesting concept, and I think one that could be adopted quite well because what is Pokemon Presents really, other than a chance to get excited about the chance you're going to get excited? It's a marketing video. Ultimately, <laughs> it is, 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 is but, what it is. But the, but the problem is, at least with Nintendo Direct, you're talking about lots of different games across an entire platform for a whole year. Mm. Whereas we get Pokemon Presents twice a year now, and there never seems to be enough there. They, like, There's nothing that separates the Masters EX announcement we're going to get next week from the Masters EX announcement we got two weeks ago. Yeah. Except from ones in a presents and one was just released online. The 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 quality of information we're getting, the quality of update is no different. The same as the Cafe Remix stuff. So it has no place in a presents for me because it's not a presents worthy announcement. Yeah. So I think that's 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 the problem that they've got is if you're going to do a Pokemon presents, it needs to be on the level of what E3 used to be. It needs yeah. to have that same kind of pull. It needs to be like, oh, this is one to watch because this is where we get the information. This is where we get the hard drops. This is where we get something to actually be hyped for. And I just don't think they've delivered that with a lot of them. The Scarlet and Violet announcement trailer and the Legends Arceus announcement trailer. Those are the only two Pokemon presents I've actually cared about. Yeah, and it's 
obviously I've only been watching the Pokemon Presents for the last three years, maybe. Mm. Something like but that. But they've not been going that long. No, they haven't. And they are very hit and miss. And sometimes... Well, there I, you go. They've only been going for the last three years. There so. we go. And they have been very hit and miss in terms of... Like, say, some of them you watch and you think, wow, that is... The, what they have shown us is in the pipeline is something to be excited about. And you go down the the route then of trying to find out any snippet of information you can get about that, that Pokemon Presents. But then on the flip side, you get Pokemon Presents, which is just, like say, look at all the mobile games we've got going on. Look at all the gacha games. Look at all the ways that you can spend more money in these games. And I just think, yeah, I could have skipped that. Pokemon presents like it, it just there was there was a it was a whole lot of nothing sandwich unfortunately and like po poke and this is probably why I think my frustration with Pokemon presents is is here is because Pokemon is is a franchise that always seems to learn the wrong lessons and is slow to innovate and I think that is my frustration actually with Pokemon presents the first couple new and shiny okay I'm enjoying this. But where's the evolution of Pokemon Presents as a format to deliver information and to deliver excitement and open conversation between the fans and the organization that's creating these games? And I think that's what I need from Pokemon Presents moving forward is I need... I don't just need it to be, look at all the amazing things we've got in the pipeline. I need it to be... Look at the reasons why we're excited to bring you the things that are in the pipeline. Just bear with us while we get it right. And we believe you'll be excited for what we deliver. Yeah, see, I'm just sorry. I'm, I'm on Cerebi.net right now. And I said Pokemon Presents has only been the last three years. Before that, it was Pokemon Direct. Yes. And the Pokemon okay. Direct was very much what we're asking for. It's like, no, no, no. Strip out all the fluff. This is a sort of a longer video, 20-minute video that is just about the Isle of Armor expansion. That is just about the expansion of Isle of Armor and Crown Tundra, and we're going to walk you through that and everything that you get with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And then we're going to throw a Mystery Dungeon in for two minutes of it. The The rest of the 18 minutes is just about the DLC. That's what I want. Yeah. And that's... Yes, 15 minutes on Sword and Shield Review Trailer, Sword and Shield Overview, Sword and Shield Dynamax, uh, Sword and Shield Gyms and Release Date. That was 16 minutes back in 2019 that we got. That was just like, Whoa. hey, guys, Sword and Shield's coming out. Do you want to know about it? Yeah. That's what, we, that's we what I want. We don't get that anymore. We no, it's, it's now just like, oh, here's this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing. You're excited now. Give me money. Thank you. Yeah. 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 I, I want to know. I want to be excited about the things that I'm investing money in because uh, uh, I, I've said that I've not paid any money for the DLC of of Scarlet no. Violet and I they would have to do a lot for me to go okay I'm willing to part with my money and and for me coming out tomorrow and going oh we've got Pokemon Presents 20 minutes we're going to talk about the first piece of DLC and we're going to really sell sell you the idea of why despite the issues with Scarlet Violet you should spend your hard-earned money on this piece of DLC, and then you talk to the, you know, you're talking to the directors, the creators. You can see they're passionate about it. You can see that they're excited to bring you this this piece of DLC. They're explaining about what the story, the adventure that you're going to go on, all the exciting things that you're going to see, all the new experiences that you're going to get. And then at the end of it, you think, 
okay, yeah, may, maybe I, maybe that's done enough to at least make me consider paying for a piece of DLC. And then the next Pokemon Presents comes out, and it's the same thing again for the next piece of DLC. And by that point, the reviews have come in for the first piece of DLC, and you think, okay, it's it's the reviews seem to have won people over. Um, it's bringing a lot of the features and elements and improvements that should have been in the mainline game that aren't, but that's fine. I can accept them in the DLC. Okay, now I'm willing to spend that money. But if we just get the same old... Okay, here's, here's Pokemon Go. Here's Pokemon Masters. Oh, okay, here's a two-minute snippet trailer of, of the DLC. Doesn't of do, you running doesn't around do that same village of Kitakami with the... Yeah. Oh, look at this one new Pokemon that's here. Oh, by the yeah. way, it's an old Pokemon. It's not a new Pokemon. But it's, it's, it's here and you couldn't have it in Scarlet Violet before. Aren't you excited? Oh, really? Doesn't do it for me. I, I need Pokemon Presents to be giving me reasons to be excited for future games. And it's it's not at the moment. Mm-hmm. So that's Pokemon Shall Presents. Shall we move on? <laughs> let's, yeah. let's move on to the next piece of uh, content in this video. In the video? Podcast. Um, should Scarlet and Violet have a sequel? Now, as always, one of us will be arguing for one side. Someone else will be arguing... On the other side, this week, Connor is arguing that Scarlet and Violet should have a sequel, and I'll be arguing that it should not have a sequel. So, Connor, do you want to kick this off? You can pass sure. it back if let's, you want. Let's, let's go down that route. So, Scarlet and Violet is a game that needs a sequel. There is so many mysteries introduced within this game that are not fully fleshed out. It, of course, stands on its own as a complete game. And you have the story of Arvin and he meets his parents and things like that. And you have um, this whole world that's built around you. You have the uh, quartet from assuming a China region. You have the history of Paldea. You have all the teachers. I'm still convinced there's some great teacher conspiracy. I think a lot of people were really involved in uh, the creating of terrestrialization and stuff like that, that maybe we haven't seen yet. As with any first installment in a franchise, it is not there to answer every single question. It is there to offer up a world and say there's more going on here than we can possibly explore in this one game. We're going to get DLC, which is going to take us out of the region to see Paldea's connection with the rest of the world. And then once that's all done, we can take it all, culminate it, and answer more of these questions in a sequel game. Plus, we'll then get to fill out the region even more. We already know Paldea. We feel like we're comfortable with it. We feel like we know our way around okay, how do we change it up? How do we um, introduce uh, outside forces or different elements? How does the world shape within sort of five, six years if we do a time skip? What changes? And we can then go, okay, we've got an engine. We've got the world built. We've got all the Pokemon here. Now what we can do is really nail in the game mechanics and focus on that. And then that will allow them to produce a better game, much in the same way as they did with Let's Go. We don't we don't need to develop a, a, an intriguing world because we already have that. We, we're just going to make a, a game that's fun to play. Interesting. Connor, I'm not convinced, and this is why. Okay? It shouldn't have a sequel. The DLC, arguably, should be the sequel. That's what we're paying for. 
Okay. The DLC, unfortunately, is just seems to be little side quests, little side projects of your character going off. And unfortunately, the what we've seen so far from the trailers for the DLC isn't even on the main air, island of Paldea. We're exploring offshoots of Paldea. That's not something that is going to get me excited for a sequel, unfortunately. And you talk about, you know, wanting to see how Scarlet and Violet has progressed over a couple of years. And while, yes, it would be excited to see some of the region's changes over that five-year jump. Unfortunately, there's a lot of dead area in that in, in between the cities where we haven't even explored the history of Paldea. So why would I be looking at exploring Paldea in five years' time? Like, it doesn't address some of the issues, unfortunately, that Scarlet and Violet have of, okay, like, we talk about the history of Paldea, how, you know, the, the, the ship's coming over and... I'm trying to remember some of your videos now, like the ship's coming over and the, the people and whatnot... Like, where's the evidence of all that on the Paldean Island? That there isn't anything. Unfortunately, while I do believe that, you know, a, a sequel would allow them to create a game without as much limitations of time and resource that they typically have, and therefore probably produce a better overall game in terms of, okay, it looks more polished and finished. I think the issue with a sequel is that it doesn't really address a lot of the core issues with the story in the original game. And we talk about, you know, you spoke about, you know, Arvin and his parents and things like that. And unfortunately, they didn't really deliver a good enough story in the first one to make me care about the characters in a sequel. Okay. That's my. See, 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 I disagree, and actually, this the one thing as somebody who has slated Scarlet and Violet over and over and over again. The one thing I will give it is it's got really good characters: Clavel, Penny, Arvin, Nimona. They're all great characters. The Professor, fascinating story as to what's going on there. Um, Okay, your (laughs) teacher, things like that, right? And what's one of the best parts about a sequel game? What's one of the best parts that came out of Gold and Silver? What's one of the best things that came out of Black and White, Black and White Two? It's seeing those same characters years on. Blue goes on to become a gym leader. Um, Sharon goes on to become a gym leader. Bianca joins and becomes part of the professor's team. Red goes to the top of Mount Silver, and we get to fight him again. These kind of things would be brilliant to see. What became of Nimona after you beat her? Does she take over running the league, as she kind of alluded to? That's what she wanted to be, because she wants to live up to Gita. Uh, What happens to Arvin now that he is well and truly an orphan? but he's got his best friend back alive. What does he do? What kind of restaurant does he open up? Does does Larry eat at his restaurant instead of the other one now? Does he set up his gym in there? What, does Larry just step away from being a gym leader and becoming an Elite Four member permanently? You know, what happens to Clavel? What happened to the old pro, uh, professor who was in charge of the school, who we saw uh, kind of was uh, working as a private tutor for... The fairy type Team Star member, mm-hmm. he kind of used to run the school and stepped away from it. Okay, so there's a whole bunch of characters there who left the school who could now come back, and you've now got 
this weird dichotomy between the characters we know and the characters that they know, but we've never met yet. Scarlet and Violet has these wonderful characters. Does the game live up to uh, its its own hype? No, I don't. We'll give you that. But the characters are really good, and I would love to see them explored further and expanded upon, and see where their lives go. Okay, and while I do agree that the characters are probably one of the the highlights of Scarlet and Violet, I think a lot of the things that you are bringing up there should have been addressed in the mainline game. Ultimately, what but they you, weren't. But that's but the, they weren't. But they weren't, and that's my problem. I guess is that they should have been addressed in the in the mainline game because what you're asking for there for a lot of those characters is what typically in books is an epilogue. It's like it's a one chapter summary of what happens to these characters afterwards. Yeah, you, you spoke about Blue. It was great to see that Blue was a gym leader, but what else did you learn from that? He's a gym leader. And he's renovating his gym, and he and he. No, we learned that. After he got defeated by Red, he humbled himself enough to be like, I'm not the best, and I accept that, but I'm still one of the best there is, and thus he became the very last uh, effort that people had to go through before facing the Elite Four. But is that a big enough story to carry a game? And ultimately, it, you could do that with no, but it's one, that's one. but that's one small character it in a much older game. These newer games have the ability to flesh out those characters more, as we have seen. It'd be the same as if you asked me if I wanted a Sword and Shield sequel, and I say yes, because I want to see how Hop becomes a uh, professor's assistant. I want to see what happens to... um, I always forget her name. Sonya, as a Mm -hmm. professor, how she handles that struggle. I want to see what happens to Leon after he loses every single tournament. Like, does he go on a massive losing streak after you? I think there's always a benefit to seeing a sequel. Okay. I think that... I think sometimes sequels do allow you to improve on what came before. There there are movies, there are games, there are in very many media, there there are sequels that are better than what came before them. Like, The Godfather Part 2 is held up as being better than the original Godfather. Um, Unfortunately... I think that what made those sequels so good is because they had a really good foundation to build on. And unfortunately, Scarlet Violet does not have a good foundation to build on. It is a load of half-baked ideas in Scarlet Violet that don't deserve a full sequel. You've got... um, Yes, we've got the the five... um, team star people and the history the, the the original history that came with that but that wasn't developed enough in scarlet and violet for, for me to care about wanting to find out more about the previous you know the 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 no of but the they academy. do go on but they do go on to develop training camps with the camps that the team star team put together had develop into training camps for the school what happens with that that's a fascinating concept that we don't get to see in the post game because they're holding it off for a sequel. <laughs> they are holding it off for a sequel, are they? Or the fact that they just, it's just, a, as usual of Game Freak, it's a throwaway line that, oh, don't think too much about this. You got, you know, you've got the, you had 18 things to do in that game. 
and a lot of it was cop you know copy and paste and slightly change elements of it and unfortunately that's pokemon that is pokemon agreed but like with many games you have to build on what came before and i don't think there's enough in scarlet and violet in terms of the quality that is that is there and unfortunately like the the professor for example that it was great to find out that the professor's situation at the end of that game and what the professor had developed into and the the backstory with arvin but that's kind of sealed off now it's kind of okay we've experienced it we've done it and what you bring the professor back which kind of undoes what happened in the previous game yes you could bring back the other parent but unfortunately i wouldn't care about the other parent coming back because they aren't even in the game that you play it's a throwaway text document that says oh yeah i need to do i need to do better with my creation and the boy's other parent left like you've not built up the love for some of these characters to then appear in the sequel and for me to care about them and the characters that i do care about unfortunately don't have that much of a connection with the main character because the main character is such a mute person that doesn't really have their own urgency in the game unfortunately that bringing them into a sequel I don't really care about the like I care about the characters around me. I don't care about like my main character. So what's the point of bringing that main character into a sequel because I'm not going to care about them as, a, as an individual. And I think that while Scarlet and to Violet, be fair, I will I will throw out on the back of that one that no sequel game in Pokemon has ever followed the same character. No, it hasn't. Um, but for my argument, we're going to ignore yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but for Scarlet and Violet, like. The reason, it's really annoying, really, because the only sequel we've ever truly got is Black and White 2, which built off a really good Black and White. Yeah, you can argue Gold and Silver are technically a sequel, but they're not a true numbered yeah, sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the good thing that Black and White White 2 had, it was building off a really solid base game. We haven't got that with Scarlet and Vibes. We've got a half-broken mess of a game that while you could build a sequel, the negative or lackluster reviews for Scarlet and Violet means that financially, Scarlet and Violet 2 would get off to such a bad start that a company wouldn't take the risk for that. Okay, that's that's a fair question. That's a fair point. Um, however, I will contra- I will come back and say. There's nothing in this question, there's nothing in this debate that says this sequel has to be the very next game that comes out. So, True. on that note, would you would you want to play through Scarlet and Violet again? Sorry, Scarlet and Violet, the original Scarlet and Violet the game. No, 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 as it is, do you want to play through Scarlet and Violet again? No, I don't. Okay, so in 13 years' time, do you think your opinion's going to change? My opinion of the game won't change. Will my opinion of wanting to play change? If I turn around to you and said, do you want to play that same story again and have the professor be a robot in the end and a time machine is pulling Pokemon you know what? from the past? N- no, I wouldn't. I, I, okay. I, I admit so. that that scene I would happily watch on YouTube as I have done before. That one scene, but playing through the game to experience one good part does not appeal to me okay so if we're going to get in 13 years we're going to do the paldea revisit in whatever case it may be 
Would you not rather have a sequel than a remake? Would I rather? Okay. Okay. Here's the other one. I, I'm about to sell it to you as well, right? <laughs> okay. What we got the we got Breath of the Wild, right? Breath of the Wild was a great game, so we got a sequel to it. Okay. Mm. I I am with you. Scarlet and Violet is not. It's it's not Breath of the Wild. Okay. But what did Breath of the Wild introduce? It's, it's still the same world. It's still the same uh, layout and things like that. But we got the sky, and we got the underground. Okay, we'll do the same thing with Scarlet and Violet. We have Paldea. Paldea doesn't change. But what we have access to is a time machine where we have future Paldea, past Paldea. You can access them. You can access them because we have the technology. We can do it. We don't need to rebuild the whole region so we can do the region in two different ways. And we introduce a way for you to travel between those and it becomes part of the story. It becomes part of the puzzles. It becomes part of the gameplay loop that you're constantly going back and forth between these times. Okay? And I can see the smile on your face. And you know you love this idea. <laughs> and, it's something, and it's something we could only get in a sequel to Scarlet and Violet. Because you can't do Scarlet and Violet again because the story's already yeah. set. But everything is already in place within that game to give us that story it's almost like here's your appetizer appetizer wasn't great don't worry the main meal we're going to give you a little palate cleanser and then this main meal is going to be fantastic so the reason now, that- <laughs> all 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 the groundwork has been laid now we can go perfect so the reason i'm giggling ever so slightly is because i remember the build up to scarlet and violet and you bring and that's what i said theory. i wanted yeah, yeah that's exactly <laughs> what you said you wanted and i was i was completely sold in at the time okay so you know damn well that i'm sold yeah. into the idea right now okay that's, that's like using an instant instant win on a cheat code and it's not fair because i do want that okay but i have to argue that scarlet and violet should not get a sequel and my arguments i haven't got a new argument so i'm just going to revisit the arguments i've got okay as my closing argument is that unfortunately scarlet and violet didn't do enough to establish it as a great world great great um law history it hasn't established enough of a foundation to build a solid sequel and unfortunately that is why i think a sequel would fail despite how good it might be because it hasn't laid the foundations of a great experience and great game nobody cares about bad boys people only ever watch bad boys too <laughs> I, I seek sequels and remakes and things do not need to be off the back of good games and good films in fact i think they suffer from doing so i think they have far too much to live up to if we're trying to recapture what people already loved whereas if we go there were some really really good concepts here we had an idea and we missed the mark let's do it again but infinitely better that that that's more appealing to me i don't need indiana jones 5 because Indiana Jones 1 and 3 were already great films. Whereas there are some films out there which kind of are mediocre, but had a really cool concept that I want to see more of. Okay. Does that make sense? It does, there you go. It does make that's, sense. That's, that's, that's my closing argument. Who won? Let us know in the comment section down below. As always, uh, Connie, can you guess what's coming up next? Uh, it's it's you've got to do the guessing this week. Perfect. In front of Connie, he has three Pokemon with three Pokedex entries each. But can I spot the fake entry? Uh, it's a bit of a random 
trio this week. I'm not going to lie. The the theming is uh, I I picked them off my posters that I've got up on my wall. Here. <laughs> At least there's a theme. Yeah. So the first Pokemon is Mantine. Dex entry number one. If it builds up enough speed swimming, it can fly over 300 feet out of the water from the surface of the ocean. Dex entry number two. Many people have taken up surfing because they admire how magnificently Mantine swims. And Dex entry number three. Mantine swim. Oh, sorry. Mantine swim alongside Remoraid, protecting them from the larger Pokemon. In return, the fish Pokemon keep the scales of Mantine clean. Okay, each of those I feel could be fake for different reasons. I feel like number one feels like a very... It feels like what a Pokedex entry could be in the early generations. The second Pokedex entry about surfing feels very much like it's on the back of the Alola region and the fact that you can't surf on uh, on one. And the third Pokedex entry also feels like a safe one because, oh, well, Remoraids are, are seen in some of the sprites of... Um, of that Pokemon. So this is very much for me just I, I have to guess, okay? It's there's nothing about any of those three that feels off. So I've got I've just got to pick one, and I'm going to go with the first entry. Okay. The first entry is a real one, the third one was the fake one. Uh, okay. Wow, okay, very good. Very good. So there 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 are entries about Remory swimming along with Mantine, but it's more that they eat their leftover food and Mantine ignore them. There's nothing to do with them cleaning scales or anything. Okay, very good. Okay. This second Pokemon is Dodorio. One of Doduo's two heads splits to form a unique species. It runs close to 40 miles per hour per, per hour in prairies. Dex entry number two. Apparently, the heads aren't the only parts of the body that Dodrio has three of. It has three sets of hearts and lungs as well. So it is capable of running long distances without rest. Okay. And the third entry, Dodrio's three heads constantly squabble with one another and will violently peck each other as they fight over food. Okay, I think the third one's real. I, mm-hmm. I'm confident the third one's real, which makes me think it's one, one of the first two. I'm. I, the first one's weird because it, it's implying that one of the head just splits into a, a second head, creating a third head. But honestly, because of the the Pokedex entries that are available in Gen One, just being so weird, I think that's a true one. So I'm going to go with the second one being fake. Okay. Uh, the third one was the fake one. Oh, was it? Oh, well done. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, the, uh, the other two are entirely true. So, actually, Dodrio don't squabble over food. If one of them eats, all three of them are satiated. Oh, okay, because they share a, a, a stomach. Okay, that makes sense. Right. So, they, okay. they never, ever fight over food. Okay, interesting. The third one, Mareep. Oh. If static electricity builds in its body, its fleece doubles in volume. Touching it will shock you. Second, Mareep, Mareep's wool... Mareep's wool is incredibly soft, but due to it being charged with static electricity, it is impossible to make clothing out of it. And then number three, rubbing its fleece generates electricity. You'll want to pet it because it's cute, but if you use your bare hand, you'll get a painful shock. Repeat that third one again for me, please. Rubbing its fleece generates electricity. You'll want to pet it because it's cute, but if you use your bare hand, you'll get a painful shock. (laughs) 
I'm going to go with the third one. Okay. It was the second one, unfortunately. Was he? The third one yeah. felt so fake. It honestly, it honestly felt like something you just, I'll oh, just throw I just this said. together. Like, honestly, it, it felt like it, the fact it's, that it's, it's a little bit here, there, and everywhere, isn't it? It, yeah, it no. is. Wow. That, no, it, much, much in the same way as the other ones, the second deck entry that I made up is actually the opposite of a real-life deck entry. So, yes, Mareep's Wool is statically charged, but there's a entire process for making it possible to wear it for clothing. Wow. Well done. Three out of three. You've absolutely bamboozled me this week. So next week, I will be coming at you with three Pokedex entries to try and... Uh, yeah, three fo- fake Pokedex entries to try and knock you off your rightly deserved pitch. So well done. Um, that's the show for this week. If you've gotten this far, you're just top dollar, aren't you? Connor, where can we find you? You can find me on my YouTube channel at Captain Fidget or on Twitter at Cap Fidget. I'm Ben. You can find me as Professor... Or sorry, at X. At X. I was just about to say, what an absolute joke. I'm Ben. You can find me as Professor Hoeing Gaming on YouTube and Professor Hoeing on Twitter. Before we go, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review on the podcast platform of your choice. If you're watching on YouTube, please remember to leave a like down below as it really helps out the podcast. We'll be back next Friday for another week of Pokemon podcast content. See ya! See ya!